0: They say history is written by the victors. I suppose that used to be true, but now everyone is a writer or can be, and even more important, everyone has a platform. It's called blogging or the internet or whatever you want. You can publish a book. So history is written daily at breakneck speed by everybody, which means, you know, if you look a little further, there of course will be winners and losers. All stories get told, but uh, we as a human species definitely thrive on stories. We love stories of winners, mostly, but we also get caught up in stories of losers because, hey, we've all been there. So what's your story? Hey, it's Tim Patterson. This is a Trade Show Guy Monday morning coffee for June 1st, 2020, almost halfway through the year, the year that we can't wait for it to get over. But then I think, wait a minute. What could possibly be worse? Maybe 2021. I don't know. It is a very daunting year in so many ways, and I, and I wish you well, uh, making your way through it, however you are affected by everything that's going on. Um, you can find my books on Amazon. You can find the next great exhibit at TradeshowGuyExhibits.com. You can find my blog at TradeshowGuyBlog.com. And the main hub of all that stuff is TradeshowGuy.net. I've been thinking a lot about stories lately uh, Mainly because I'm writing a novel, which is kind of fun I'm down to the last, oh gosh, few days before I have my third or fourth or whatever draft it is And I've got about ten readers that I'm going to send it to and get their feedback on The whole goal is to, of course, make it better I'm not a novelist, not yet, working on it It's a lot of It's a fun, it's a lot of uh, work, but uh, it's great work And so we'll see what happens You know, I I can't wait to get the feedback, but we're almost there Then uh, on to the next step, whatever that may be. I like short stories, too, and I've written a few over time, but it's been a while, and I've been thinking about doing some short stories as well. Probably not as crazy as writing a novel for six or eight months. Um, Anyway, uh, I will tell you more about short stories when I get to this week's One Good Thing, which is a a new book of short stories that I've been reading as well. I got connected to this week's guest. Uh, We talk about virtual events, future trade shows, conferences, and other gatherings. and got uh, connected to him uh, Jonathan Tabs of Kalydeco Through a recent guest on this show Jake Gilbert, they used to work together And after Jay and I talked, he said You know, you might uh, check with Jonathan Because he's been doing virtual events And uh, just did one, or just about to do one You just, just get a hold of him So we had a nice chat Ended up uh, scheduling an interview uh, About a recent uh, virtual event That he helped coordinate And about his company, Kalydeco And how they're working with companies To help plan the future uh, Definitely an interesting uh, and timely conversation, given uh, what's going on with trade shows and events, which are not happening now, but will slowly come back. But there will probably be some sort of digital component along with them, and it may be very enhanced. Anyway, here is how that uh, conversation went. Well, to welcome Jonathan Taubes to the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Jonathan, thanks for taking some time. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So you're with Kaleidico. Uh, it's, an, it's a company that I have not heard of. We got connected uh, through a mutual friend and i'm just curious what is kaleidico tell me about it
1: so kaleidico is a company uh we work with other companies around the world but what i'm most excited about that we do is that we're futurists and we uh help our clients see the future and then work their way toward it and so as futurists we get to look at all of these pieces of our future how that's going to affect society how that's going to affect the workforce Uh, it's, it's looking at all the pieces and seeing things differently and helping others to see things differently. Uh, and so it's, it's just really exciting work that we're dealing with that has led us down many rabbit holes. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) The future is, is unwritten. So I'm sure you could go in many, many different directions. Uh, How long,
0: how long has it been going on? I'm just curious about the company itself.
1: Uh, the company was formed, uh, Three years ago now. Three years ago, okay. And uh, ago. it's it, we've just we've got clients in all verticals, uh, and you know, interestingly, I came through entertainment uh, and ah. global, you know, moved from development into global marketing, uh, and the digital realm and doing all those cool shiny objects, and uh, and as much as you know just entertainment it's really hard to get out of entertainment it's such a part of you know of of who i am and so even with kaleidico we've been working a lot in future of entertainment uh but more so about the community the fandoms the the Mm. people that are excited about these franchises whether they're or, or just individual properties right so if it's a movie uh that you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know, was only one movie, but an incredible fan base that had a huge impact or franchises like the Bond franchise that we've worked on or or Alien or Star Wars. You know, it's it, it, or even the promise of Avatar that uh, that I was able to be the head of the strategy globally for that campaign. Right. Uh, wow. for when I was with Fox. And uh, so it's always been about how do you facilitate the community? having a relationship with the intellectual property that before technology got to where it is it didn't really it certainly didn't look this way i, I won't say that it didn't exist because one of my right. first shows in hollywood was the uh it was 40 years of soaps that we did for cbs and seeing the fan base of the soap community which was all about cons like it was wow i bet that yeah but that was not there was no, there was no, like maybe there were BBS systems at the time. Um, <laughs> otherwise you had to go and meet up with with people. And it was, that was, that was bizarre. That was awesome. It was, you know, I wasn't into soaps as a kid, but again, seeing the power of community yeah. uh, certainly resonated and it it's, continues through.
0: It's funny you mentioned BBS, just as a quick aside. that I remember I bought a book on how to form a business on a BBS and as soon as I read it and wanted to get into it, uh, everything changed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: When you bring that up, I mean, it's, I talk about us being futurists and we, we were going around the world. We were asked to speak about what, what does the future hold in 2030? And we all, we, we said then some of these things are going to happen before 2030 and some of them are going to happen after, but we sort of had to pick a place to plant a flag. And we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. I know that when we
0: got, um, Connected, it was through Jay Gilbert, uh, an old uh, friend of, yes. of mine, and, and a mutual. You worked with him, and he mentioned that you we should connect because of some of the virtual events uh, that you were kind of getting your fingers into. And I know that when we spoke last week, uh, you had just kind of come off of one in early May. I'm curious to hear about how that went, what it was, what you learned from it, what you know, what worked, what didn't. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to, to, to pull apart on that thread. I'm guessing.
1: So this 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 thing is three hours long, right, or five.
0: I just wanna know how to pace myself. <laughs> how, how, how far to go into that? How, how many rabbit holes do you wanna go down? Okay, let's stop,
1: Let's start up here and look down. So, so I mentioned the work that we were doing with communities, and so we were already engaged by a number of our clients to do projects at, whether it was WonderCon at uh, Anaheim in, in April, or San Diego Comic-Con that's happening in, uh, or was supposed to happen this summer. And when the lockdown started, We didn't know what was going to happen, but we certainly knew that cons were going away. It might have been a few. It might have been all. It has now been that basically all of them have gone away. Some have maybe come back, but it was a move to virtual. And we, because of the work that we've been doing with technology in the future and looking at virtual, we had just had something published, uh, an associate at Kaleidico and I had just co-wrote, written a piece that was published uh, in Asia uh, positing the question, are, are we there virtually or virtually there? And it was talking about, instead of the view that everybody has of you know, the full consuming tens of thousands of dollars to have that complete VR studio situation or where you feel absolutely the, that you're there, like there's certainly a space for that and there's mm-hmm. some cool executions, but utilizing Zoom, you're, you're in the same room, right? Yeah. And, and it so really was about the visceral. So taking those things that we were already working on from the virtual realm and looking at, we couldn't bring these communities together. And in, in the case of these comic cons being canceled, we had relationships with a bunch of vendors that were then sitting on a bunch of inventory with no way to sell it. Mm, and so yeah. our Jenny Stiven, who is our community engineer, For Kaleidico, she had already started the loose conversations with others like Legion M, like a company called X Levelant that does a lot of parties at cons, uh, a lot of cosplay work. And it was sort of like, hey, let's bring the gang together and just put something on. We have no idea what's going on with this virus. We just know that even if people could go to a different state to go to a con that's open, there's health risks there. There's, you know, it's just here's an opportunity. In our case with Kaleidico, a lot of our work with the clients sort of went dormant while everybody was figuring out what's going on. Right, And it right. seemed like the perfect opportunity. We would have never thought to do this if if it wasn't for the shutdown because we didn't have the time to and it would have taken a lot longer. And what happened was is on March 18th, we all said we had the collective, okay, put our virtual hands in, are we in, are we getting, you know, and we're shooting for the beginning of May, you know, we wanna be out there, we wanna, if we could be the model that others might follow, let's do it, and I was very much, again, with that virtual, I, want, I was saying, Kaleidico is happy to support whatever, but we are not going to get as involved as w- you might like if we don't make this as virtually, ex- as virtual of an experience as we can, meaning, mm-hmm. What's the closest we can get there without being there, and uh, and it was only because of the relationships that we had from a technology perspective and clients that we were already working with uh, and vendors that we worked with that we felt we had the tools to put it together. And what the main tool was a company that we were working with called Augsit. And Augsit, it's spelled A U X X I T. You can find them at Augsit.com. Right. Okay, they they came out as a product that was a community platform enveloped by commerce. So you could go into their rooms in their app that are all centered on something that is that people are passionate about. So whether that is, it could be Star Wars, it could be uh, just general comic books, it could be fans of Radiohead, it could be fly fishing, it could be vinyl, it could be watches, whatever but the whole idea that people can go in and talk and chat the same way that you would see on WhatsApp but you don't have to know the other people first to be invited in it's sort of like you could just see that that room is there that category is there knock on the door and come in it's you know there's it's not ad supported so we're not taking anybody's or they're not taking anybody's data they're just trying to serve the community and then overlaid on that people could sell things whether it's I've got my own, I've got a collection of things that I've gathered and I want to get rid of, um, or it's a company that has things that are relevant to that community. And so I thought not only could we use that as the platform for exhibitors to have their own booth, so again, going booth to booth to booth, like you were in the exhibit, exhibit hall floor, uh, we could also use the social aspect for our happy hours, for our way for the community to really come together so it wasn't just about creating the content and we had, the content was, you know, very nicely done. Uh, we had amazing talent that all agreed to do it. This was entirely free for everybody. So whether you wanted to watch the content, whether you wanted to exhibit, we didn't charge for a booth like you might at another exhibition. Right. It was just that Augsit was taking a reduced transaction fee. So the whole idea was, Nobody knew what to expect. And so that <laughs> so, was.
0: So you didn't have a lot of expectations in that sense. Right.
1: It like. Right. It was sort of like, you know what? We've got this time. And it was, it was more about managing expectations because right. everybody was thinking, oh my God, it's got to be this, it's got to be that. And it's like, we're right. all doing this for free. Right. You know, we're all doing this to support the community. So it's what pieces can we put together to make that happen? And we ended up really having a, a, a great con for something that did not exist. On, May, on March fifteenth and happened on May 9th and tenth. Like it's sort of. So this was a like limited
0: that. time experience. You said two days. Was it uh, twenty four hours during the day? Was it just a certain time during the day? So and did and did the, the attendees that were going to be at the, at the at the convention know about this? Were invited to that? Is that how you got people there? I'm just. We
1: we went through we went through. So in terms of awareness, it was all about our partners putting out stuff on their socials. We created a social uh, footprint in a very quick time. Uh, Again, if we had longer, we could have done more programming to generate more awareness. Um, So we ended up from a programming perspective, we we had our main program, which went from 10 until six on both the Saturday and Sunday. And we had a... We had after-hours programming that happened after that, uh, which was it was that was just because we had so much demand. People were saying, <laughs> "Hey, we we we've lost our cons to be able to talk about products or, or shows that are coming out or whatever. Can we please utilize your platform to do so?" And two weeks before we were scheduled, we were originally we we're going to go May second and third, and they and, and San Diego Comic Con came out two weeks prior to that. Saying that they were canceling, so all of a sudden we had an influx of all these Hall H uh, panels saying, "Hey, hey, can we could we get just move our panel to yours?" And so then we thought, "Okay, let's push back a week so that we can facilitate both the right scheduling and uh, the influx of exhibitors that now are saying, "Oh, oh, we know that we've we've heard that you're around. Uh, what you know what what can you do for us? How can we participate?" And uh, and so the The exhibition hall floor was open and active, twenty four seven. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sh- the content was live streamed from again from ten to six. 10 to 6. You could mm-hmm. watch. You could watch delayed. You could still go to virtualpopexpo.com and see the content um, and skim through to see, you know, great panels, great Q and A's. Uh, we could talk later about how the technology yeah. helped us. Uh, to really do something cool. And, you know, that 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 right there is just the snapshot of... of
0: Right, and, and it's, a, it's a good snapshot, uh, Jonathan. I know that... Um, uh, I'm curious to know what the the parties that were involved, the, the con, the, the platforms, what was their takeaway? How did they, if, if everyone's going in, you know, this not really having uh, you know, anything other than trying to manage expectations and figure out what those <laughs> expectations were, what were their takeaways? You've had, uh, you know, three, two or three weeks since then, what you're the big biggest two or three things that you guys learned? So
1: A the fact that with the fact that we got six to seven thousand people wow. watching just the YouTube, like the streams from YouTube. So that doesn't include the streams that came through Augsit, because Augsit had I they had to refactor a lot of their platform to service what we wanted, um, or what what we had asked for. Uh, and but part of that, as a special bonus, was that you could—it's a fully self-contained platform for things like this now. Because if there is content panels, whatever, or pre-recorded, you can easily stream that through the platform. So while you're shopping, you can still see the video. Right. So you know, whereas I was thinking, well, if somebody will have on their on their smart TV or their their uh, their computer the content, and then they're going and searching on their second screen. You could have it all in that one place. So all of those views weren't seen. The um, but to have six, seven thousand people during the live stream was really awesome. Again, we didn't. Nice. There was no platform we were building from. The fact that we had a thousand people in the Augsit environment, so in the exhibition hall for our Friday night uh, preview night that was hosted by Fye, uh, where we had giveaways and all those types of things. The conversation was fantastic. People were really excited. I, I, I've got to be honest, it was for everybody. It was a new platform to be using. So there were some vendors that came in and absolutely rocked it, You know, utilizing nice. all, the, all the functionality, put all of their products in. Some people were using the video thing so that they were live streaming. So that if, if you as a customer came into the room and asked a question in the text, they could answer by video, reading the text and answer in real time it was really phenomenal Very how that cool. how that all worked and
0: so did the, some of the vendors you know say hey we we did we had all this product for the show which got canceled and we were able to move at least some of that yes to-
1: yes so ultimately you know you, you ask about what the fallout was afterward we were able, we were responsible for moving over 20,000 dollars worth of inventory uh, which you know again going from zero to 100 in 6 yeah. weeks <laughs> like that you know, yes, I would have loved to have moved a million. But again, I know. you know, and like you
0: said, we could go down and we could talk for three hours about this, but I, yeah. I want to get before we uh, let you go and respect your time. I know you you talked about at the beginning, you talked about futurists and, and, and what's going to happen in 2030. Give me two or three things that you guys are looking at uh, that are five, 10 years down the road that you say will happen at some point. Just not sure when. I'm just curious what you guys look at that.
1: Right. So in, in relation to expos in general. I think what we're seeing now is that you're, I don't, I'm hopeful that this is not going to replace going to conventions.
0: There's nothing like face-to-face.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But when you're talking about these panels, when you're talking about these experiences, there's nothing like having the intimacy that, that you have when it's on your computer. If you are in the audience, you're going to have 20, at least 20 feet separation between you and whoever is on the days. And they're, they're at a higher place. They're, it's not as immediate as you with your Aunt Sally at, you know, talking on Zoom, right. which now a lot of these people can have, can have that more immediate relationship this way. I don't know, like I do, I don't, I don't wanna say I don't know. I do see or we see that there's going to be an augmentation. So instead of just having that one camera in the back that you will have more of these talking head things while there's still the live experience, so that again it provides that intimacy of the people that are speaking uh there's going to be the opportunity what what really excited me as as not knowing going into the show what we were going to be able to do we we're able to take people that were having a conversation in the youtube queue like uh comments we're able to reach out to them say hey would you you're bringing up really great questions and points would you like to come into the zoom room and then we'll feed you into the actual panel. Hmm. So we had fans that were able to have, in real time, one-on-one questions and answers, or whatever, participation, uh, and we had part, people participating from around the world, like all five continents were represented uh, on screen in some cases, and certainly, from viewers so so, so so i can kind of see
0: uh, i'm sorry to interrupt you but i can yeah. kind of see like the, the, the couple of shows iq uh, like expo west which is a big natural product show every year uh-huh. in anaheim you know eighty thousand people show up i can see that there could be a digital component to that live during some of the uh, uh outbreak session breakout sessions as well as some of the booths could also be streaming content from their booths and Absolutely. people could buy a virtual ticket that are in you know they're in london or something they can't make the show but for a fraction of the price of being there, they could have access to a lot of the content that they would not otherwise get. Which I can see, of course, the organizers would say that's another another revenue stream, which you know is a valid valid way to look right, at it. Right. Right.
1: But- yes, and yes, and yes. The fact that <laughs> the fact that everything is time shifted. We're used to time yes. shifting shows on um, I don't even want to say on TV anymore, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, but the fact that. Just if we're looking at the exit platform, even if nothing is sold inside one of these booths, the fact that you can have people come in and read what others have asked prior. So you talk about the UK or you talk about Asia where the time has completely shifted, they'll be able to come in when everybody in LA is asleep and they'll be able to see what was asked and what was answered and all that type of stuff. They can still ask questions that can be answered, but it's still that immediate gratification as if they were there. And that's, I, yeah. that's
0: something that's really cool. I, I can see that at the end of a show, when the organizers release the statistics, they can say we had 85,000 people there in person and we had 112,000 people virtually, you know, or whatever the numbers are. Um, I, interesting. I, had a, I, had
1: a, I had a conversation with somebody with uh, with the, the Music Business Association, another person connected through Jay Gilbert. right? And, and she said, you know, when we have our conference, we have some panels that maybe get 100, 150 people in a room. And consistently, they're getting nine hundred, because they they're they're not doing like a big conference. They're doing weekly. They'll have some big conference that'll be virtual, but again, the accessibility is you can't laugh at the accessibility of this. Like yeah. this is really something that more people can be touched by this content. More people can connect utilizing this technology, uh, and and that's what's exciting to me. Is is just the 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 ability to have these relationships and before everybody was like oh the internet is so bad like you never get to see anybody <laughs> it's like you know, now if we don't have the internet we don't see, yeah, anybody, I know. Period. We don't see anybody
0: yeah uh, well very cool and, you, and i think the thing that you mentioned at the very top is that it's all about community every community will find their way of connecting and this is a way to bring in whatever whether it's natural products whether it's broadcasters whether it's the music industry whether it's the comic convention people that community is going to be able to connect and whether they do it in person, then they will continue to do that once everything loosens up. And but they will also add that component. So I think it's interesting. Jonathan Tabs of uh, Kaleidico, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, illuminating uh, the future a little bit
1: for us. I appreciate absolutely. That. Anytime. Thanks so much, Tim.
0: And thanks again to Jonathan Tabs of Kaleidico for joining me on this week's Trade Show Guy. Monday morning coffee. Really glad you could spend some time, Jonathan. Uh, This week's one good thing before I get out of here is a book of short stories uh, called Exhalation by the author Ted Chang. I don't know much about Ted, uh, but this book came highly recommended. It's uh, one of the 10 best books of 2019 according to the New York Times book review. So I thought, well, it's got to be good. And I'm I'm, uh, about halfway through. And there's, I don't know, what, eight or ten stories in here. And the first couple, there's one short one, a couple semi-long ones. And I'm in a fairly long one, but it's just fascinating stuff. Uh, Makes you think a lot. uh, Gives you good tales that you just never would have come across. So highly recommended Exhalation. Brand new, or from last year, I guess. And that wraps up this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Find me on tradeshowguy.net and have yourself a great week. Let's do it again next time around.